0: What's up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. My guest today is strength coach Monty Sparkman. How are we doing, sir? Good, Kevin.
1: Appreciate you coming by. Thanks for having me on this this setup. You know, I wasn't really sure what kind of video we were making here when you when you came <laughs> in, but uh, but no, I'm happy to, happy uh, to have you and welcome to the to the Freak Factory, to North Richland Hills, and uh, awesome. we like to call this the cave. This is kind of where all the magic happens and and uh, welcome. So, Sweet. thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I don't get the opportunity to do too many in person, so this is a treat for me um, to be able to you know show up, <clears throat> see the tools and toys you know you're working with, and uh, yeah, see see a little bit of uh, you know another coach's house, you know. Well, and this and it really is a a, a house that's that's uh,
1: lived in. Mm-hmm. You know uh we don't have a lot of fancy chrome and and uh bells and whistles but the things we have are very useful the things we have are are practical and
0: uh you know not a whole lot of fluff here so so it's definitely lived in gotcha my uh my grandfather was a carpenter there you go and uh he said he told me quite a few times uh, like a brand new house that nobody lives in won't last very long but a house that's physically lived in will last a long time. So uh, all these places that have, you know, real fancy stuff, like that's cool, but I'd rather see a place where, you know, there's some blood, sweat, and tears built into. Uh... <laughs> well, then you've come to the right places. There's all kinds of, you know, telling what you're gonna find here, so. That's awesome, that's awesome. So if you will, uh, let's dive into it. Tell us a little bit about Uh, Your background, uh, both athletically, academically, and uh, professionally? Professionally, I like that. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Growing up, you
1: know, I came from a small town uh, called Burke Burnett, Texas. It's north of Wichita Falls, right on the Texas Oklahoma border. Cool. So if you got to Oklahoma, you went too far. (laughs) And uh, so grew up there, a small town. We were 4A at the time, uh, Texas High School played football all four years you know I uh, did track a couple years but that's kind of where I found uh, my love for the weight room mm. was during that time we had a great uh, high school coach Charles Hicks, who was he was a mountain of a man and uh, I remember many occasions him going in there and that's kind of where I got my love for the bench press it's kind of a joke but I really do love the bench press mm. but uh, <laughs> he had been there <laughs> repping 405 you know no big deal wow. and uh, he played professional football and and just a tremendous athlete. And, you know, that's what I wanted to be like. And, and uh, you know, that's that's where my love for the weight room kind of came in, uh, kind of developed was, was during that time. And so uh, didn't really like track a whole lot. Didn't really uh, gravitate to anything other than, uh, you know, uh, the lifting. And so we got mm-hmm. in powerlifting my senior year. Uh, we had a coach, Brad Owen, uh, come in and brought powerlifting and did that was able to to qualify for regionals you know that that one year and again by today's standards I wasn't very strong at all but but it was good Mm -hmm. you know and uh, so did that got to play a little college football at uh, NAIA school Baker University in Kansas Uh, played there five years I use that term loosely (laughs) you know again the the success that I was able to have athletically again goes back to my love for the weight room because mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't the quickest, I wasn't uh, really wasn't much of anything, but I was halfway strong, mm-hmm. and so that success there gave me the little success I had uh, to play in college. Uh, Coach Boyle, Coach Corbin, I think you know what I'm talking about, and um, so went to Baker, did that, and then from there, you know, my my whole goal post college was to come back to Burke be a high school powerlifting and D line coach.
2: Mm.
1: And that was going to be, that was kind of my plan. Came back to Burke after, after, uh, undergrad, started grad school right away, not in exercise. Science. Like, I I don't have any formal. What do you call it? Scholarly, I guess, <laughs> uh, training or education, you know, yeah. and I take pride in that, but, but, um, you know, most of my training comes from under the bar mm-hmm. and doing it and talking to people who do it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, and, of course, reading, you know, but that's that's where my knowledge came from. I came back and started going to grad school um, for education, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, I was going to be a teacher coach. Street coach wasn't even on the radar.
2: It
1: mm-hmm. wasn't even on the radar. Met up with a guy named Michael Askew, uh, again, one of the strongest guys uh, that I've been associated with who had a gym in town and was a former powerlifter in, in the Army, and that's when I got into powerlifting, got introduced to powerlifting. And so I'm going to grad school, actually did my first competition. Sorry, Coach Fran missed my last uh, college banquet to do my first powerlifting meet, (laughs) uh, if that tells you anything. Nice, priorities. (laughs) Exactly, right, (laughs) exactly. So that was 2003, 2004, I started working at Midwestern State University in their intramurals and, and, and wellness program. And so I ran the fitness center there on campus and also did direct sports. Uh, it was there uh, that I was introduced uh, to Coach Chili, uh, James Childers, who was our strength coach. And it was kind of then again, I'm, I'm deep into powerlifting. And it was at that point that I'm like, man, I, I, maybe I could be a strength coach. Mm. You know, I was still going to grad school again for education, working full time and, and the seed kind of gets planted there, you know. Hey, you know, this might be something I want to do, but I still want to teach you, coach. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, when when West Side was really, really kind of uh, in their heyday, and uh, and I'll be honest, you know, it was chains and boards and bands, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you were NSCA, you know, that you weren't really, you know, all the <laughs> academia <laughs> stuff was kind of out the window. You know, it was. I mean, it was Westside one hundred percent, and, and Louie, whatever, and, 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 and you know, whatever Lou said yeah. was gospel. That's you right. know, and uh, <laughs> so certifications really weren't on my radar. You know, what, what what do those guys know?
2: Yeah,
1: and it was, you know, looking back, you know, we had a great resource. You know, uh, Coach Hoff, Greg Hoff,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was at Midwestern State. Mm. Uh, Lon Kilgore was at Midwestern State, and uh, you know, we had these tremendous resources, and and I was I was still very ignorant. On, on that side of it, and I was, you know, again, I was very much, you know, you know, uh,
0: conjugate all the way, and and uh, a little aside, yeah, I wanted to do my PhD with uh, Dr. Hoff, yeah, when he was at West Virginia, yeah, because
1: yeah, because he left there and went and went to and went to West Virginia. Yeah. Exactly, I
0: met up with him at a at a conference actually in Columbus, um, and uh, I said, hey, I've I want to do my PhD with you because I want to teach endurance athletes how to olympic lift and also i want to be able to periodize carbohydrates and periodize the diet in the same way that you know we periodize training and and that's what you're doing and he was like that's awesome yeah I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, <laughs> so keep looking. Sorry. I yeah. was like, ah. Oh, yeah, that's good he did that, though. Yeah, so like, hey,
1: come on, and then boom. Exactly. month
0: or two later, he's out. No, that's good. That's a lot about
1: him. So, yeah. And we would have, you know, just small conversations, um, again, but I was still very much, you know, in my infancy as far as understanding mm. really what, what it meant to be a strength coach and what it was beyond just getting really, really strong. So painting a picture here. 2005, still there. 2006, uh, Meet my wife actually at Midwestern State. Before that, we had met briefly. They said, "What well, do you mean?" Uh, the weight room, the gym. And I said, "Oh yeah, we kind of did. We actually met at a bench press competition." <laughs> That's so, awesome. uh, so yeah, so it fits perfectly, it's right? To be. So we met, and uh, <laughs> I know you don't want to hear a whole, whole lot about this, but we met. Then she comes to the gym. The Midwestern forgot her ID, and I was like, "Hey, I know who you are. You know, come on in." Yeah, mm-hmm. Sorry, Joey. Uh, <laughs> So then we meet and anyway, we ended up getting married, going on our honeymoon. Uh, coach Bill Docky, who was the head coach at Burke, says, hey, uh, you know, I got a job for you. And I said, great, I'm going on a cruise right, I'm on our honeymoon. I'll call you when I get back. <laughs> so so get back and, and again, got my first coaching job uh, back, in my, back in my hometown. Uh, I was coaching middle school there. Still very, very heavy uh, in the powerlifting at that point. Uh, my wife uh, was in the military at the time, and so she was stationed there at the base. Did that for a year and they said, Hey, it's time to move. So uh, we moved to Virginia. Mm-hmm. And that was really, you know, I credit a lot of my uh, development, a lot of my growth to my time at, at VMI, Virginia Military Institute, mm-hmm. under uh, Coach Jimmy Cole, Jay Johnson, Jimmy Witten, Phil Sabatini. Those guys were tremendous mentors for me on the academia side. And then really, you know, they were my education. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, I I, I wasn't formally taught.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, everything I had learned, I had read or, or again experienced. And here I am at the college level as an instructor, teaching teaching other uh, other cadets this. And yeah. and and uh, mm-hmm. and so I was very much kind of learning. Uh, you know, as, as they were kind of the whole physiology, the science and 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 the chemistry. Mm-hmm behind strength conditioning, behind, you know, physical development, and yeah. and uh, we got to spend three years there. And and again, Jay and I, Jay would have conversations back and forth all the time about, you know, who's a better athlete, the 400 pound bench or the 400 pound cleaner? And of course I'm like, the bench presser all the way, you know, 405, excuse me, why why not? You know, he's like, Monty, no, you're stupid. You know, think about the force created and, and, and the displacement, and I'm like, Jay, no, cleans are dumb, you know? <laughs> And uh, so you know, bench squat, deadlift, and and because <laughs> again, I'm looking, I'm powerlifting all the way. You know, yeah. we actually wrote, we actually wrote an article, with Jay, Phil, uh, myself, and Phil. You know, Phil was 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 a football strength coach, who is a tremendous uh, Olympic weightlifter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude's you know built very very well, and uh, so he's this high level, uh, national caliber Olympic weightlifter. And I'm, you know, just this media powerlifter. And so we got to, three of us got together and wrote an article for uh, uh, one of the conferences where Phil and I kind of go back and forth defending, you know, which... Which uh, Which one's better? Yeah, powerlifting or Olympic lifting. Nice. Which is kind of an (laughs) age-old debate, yeah. And uh, so from there, you know, again, like I said, you know, Jay uh, was a tremendous uh, mentor for me. And, And again, just being able to to shadow him, you know, because all those guys were strength coaches at the college level. Jay was at Virginia Tech, Coach Cole um, had been there for a long, long time. Jimmy Witten was at Virginia Tech, you know, so they've got this tremendous collegiate strength background. And here I am just this meathead who likes to bench press and squat, you know, and kind of deadlift a little bit, not very well, <laughs> you know, so that was really, those three years were, were, were very uh, pivotal in, in, in me taking off the blinders, and it's not just having powerlifting, and west side, west side, west side. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's okay to Olympic lift. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to do kettlebells. It, it's okay to have a variety of, of training tools and, and again, uh, understand the holistic approach to athletic development. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a little bit. We were there for three years, and the wife uh, ended up separating, came back to Texas, it was okay this was 2010 i was like okay i'm 30 years old i want to be a strength coach what do i do Mm
2: -hmm.
1: ended up getting a middle school uh, coaching position and in so 2011 2010 2011 took my cscs so is not bad anymore
2: you know i'm on
1: board you know got my cscs passes the first time pretty proud of that again you know no, no no formal uh education like that so mm-hmm. i feel feel pretty good about that yeah 2012 again 32 years old trying to get an internship because again that's you know that's that's how they say to do this stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: emailed a lot of coaches and the one guy who emailed emailed me back was frank Winchard at university of north texas
2: mm-hmm.
1: frank said hey you know i'd love to love to meet up and and i knew i'd, I'd met the right guy when he said hey let's go meet this barbecue joint and uh, let's talk. <laughs> so Frank and I <laughs> broke bread. Uh, we ate barbecue. Nice. Uh, really, really good good place. And he said, you know, be here Monday morning. And so here I am, 32 years old, and I'm setting up fields, and I'm, I'm taking hurdles, and I'm wiping down equipment. And, and uh, again, just another humbling, but uh, tremendous learning experience. Mm-hmm. That summer was the most fun I've had in a really long time.
2: Mm.
1: On the training side, just you know, he, he welcomed me with open arms. You know, he and I are, are really about the same age. And he could have been like, who, you know, who is this slap? You know, this guy didn't really. Late to the game. Yeah. You know, he's just. Yeah. And we had guys come and go. You know, there were a couple guys that didn't last the whole summer. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'm thinking, man, what are you doing? You know, this is this is a tremendous opportunity. And, and you're blowing it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be there as much as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just so happened to work out because I was off that summer. You know, I had a job. I had a good pay. You know. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was fresh out of college and, mm-hmm. and needed, you know, to have that income. I was able to volunteer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so I did that again. Learned a tr- tremendous amount from Frank and and from Dave and from Sean, Coach Soroka. I mean, again, and those guys, I never forget it. You know, again, a, 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 another sign, I guess, that I was in the right place. Coach Mac, Dan McCartney. first day he comes down, shirt off, sweating, and just run probably eight million stairs. He's like, hey, I'm Dan McCartney, nice to meet you. Thank you for coming uh, You know, to North Texas, and thank you for your help, and I'm glad you're here. Um, again, Division I head football coach. Coach Mack has won a lot of games. Doesn't know me from Adam. Mm-hmm. Says a lot. Yeah. Says a lot.
2: So fast forward again,
1: uh, again, uh, uh, tremendous experience with Frank. Frank's still one of my really good friends and mentors to this day. 2013, I come to the high school level. Here at Richland, and uh, and again, I, I got to meet a tremendous uh, strength coach in Jake Johnson. He was uh, Jed Cates, is our head football coach. He was Jake's uh, Jed strength coach here, and again, it's kind of same deal. You know, I, I come in, you know, just just uh, uh, a guy with with some some success, some background. I guess I should back up. When I was at VMI, uh, we started. The powerlifting team and I was able to have have uh, some lifters do some you know a couple national champions you know mm-hmm. so you know and again uh I had a pretty you know decent powerlifting record myself mm-hmm. uh coming back to it Um did some some cool stuff
2: mm-hmm. and so again I feel like I
1: had you know kind of some skins on the wall you know but but again Jake welcomed me with open arms and and you know he's one of my best friends don't uh, don't be modest here tell to tell this us day. a little bit about about your <laughs> Squatting bench numbers, yeah. Uh, well, I just, I just in 2009, you know, I squatted a thousand pounds, and uh, at that time, was was, I think, a top 10 total, you know, so it's big, um, <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, I am proud of it, but but that's not, you know, just because you have success, and I think coaches need to hear this just because you're a heck of an athlete doesn't make you a good coach, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. and and people confuse athleticism or athletic success with knowledge. And and I don't think that's true, Mm -hmm. you know, just because I can, can do X, Y, Z, doesn't mean I can teach you to do X, Y, Z. It just means I can, and, 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 and so we have to, we have to prove ourselves, you know, through our athletes that, that, that we know how to coach, that, that we know how to program and do those things because Again, just because I can run fast and jump high, or because I have a certain body fat percentage, doesn't mean that 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 I can get you there, or you can get me there, vice versa. So mm-hmm. so anyway, so again coming in, again it it it, it could have went, you know, a completely different way, but but again, Jake welcomed me, opened me with open arms. Again, one of my best friends. 2014 Jake left and uh, and that's when I, I I took the reins at that time. Jake was here. Uh, I would take a couple sports. Baseball being being one of the first sports, Coach Chuck Wells to to recognize that I had a, a certain skill set. So, hey, you know, would you come uh, and, and help our guys? And so I did. And, and then you know, softball and soccer for a while. And but really, in 2014, uh, when Jake left, he went to be uh, head football coach. That's when I kind of stepped in the role of of strength and conditioning coach. And, mm-hmm. and now, hey, it's you know. It's go time and, and, and trying to put my impact on that and, mm-hmm. and, and, and my fingerprint. And even then, you know, excuse me. And even then, people think I've been doing this thing a long time. I mean, 2014 isn't that long ago. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really isn't. And so, you know, Man, you know this is 10, 15 years and it feels like it sometimes. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, man, I'm still, you know, I've got less than 10 years doing this thing. And Mm -hmm. I've just been really, really lucky to have some tremendous experiences, tremendous mentors. And, uh, that's allowed me to have kind of the success that that I've had, you know, Mm -hmm. because, uh, I still feel like I'm learning every day. I still feel like, you know, I'm, I'm screwing up every day, you know, (laughs) making mistakes every day. And, uh and so you know always learning from those but Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a long roundabout way uh, of how I got here I've been here seven years now and uh you know each each year we've gotten a little bit better each year uh, our programs evolved more and more and Mm -hmm. and uh and so yeah you know like I said I just uh
0: you know trying to trying to not screw up (laughs) (laughs) hey well if if you're not making mistakes then uh then you're not you're not trying to get as much as you can out of your Absolutely. athletes and and uh, and you're not learning so no doubt you kind of no doubt and sometimes it's hard to learn something from from being successful all the time um, so and that's the
1: other thing you know you talking about successful and having success as a high school strength coach it's got a double-edged sword and what I mean by that is the great thing about high school kids is their training age for the most part zero right mm-hmm. so you can throw you know, BOSU balls and towels in there and say, hey, come back in, in six weeks and test them again, they're going to get stronger. Yep. You know, yep. or you could have this fantastical, perfect laid out, macro mesocycle, meso micros, <laughs> and they're going to get stronger. Yep. And, so, and so, and, 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 so how do you, how do you determine, well, Hey, was that good? Was that bad? And, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's where we have to be careful as high school coaches, mm-hmm. because the good thing is everything works.
0: Yeah, Dan John says everything yeah. works for six weeks yeah. but then what well but the bad thing is everything works exactly you know and yeah. so uh,
1: <laughs> you know it's one of those things where you really got to be careful about how, how we do this because you know you could really really uh, affect them the rest of their life you know in a very negative way for sure and so you know I, I, I take this job uh, very seriously and and, and, and one that's, that I have a lot of pride in you know because you know we do try to Set these kids up to have success, you know, post high school, whether it's going to college or whether it's, you know, going to college or going to the workforce, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because we've all met those athletes who are broken and I'm not I've broken some athletes. I mean, I think we all, you know, have cracked a few eggs trying to make that omelet, you know, and and, and, and I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to to saying that, you know, but uh, obviously those become less and less you know as we get more experienced and, and and I think you have to be objective in how you look at your training and not and not hey this is what we're doing and how we're doing it we've done it this way or I did this at the college level so mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it I mean you have to you have to be progressive and and how you set things up
0: for sure no I think along those lines uh yeah you've you've got to address the athlete right where they're at and if you're trying to lay a a collegiate level program on top of a, you know, a middle school athlete, like, sorry, they're not going to be able to handle that. You know, and and
1: you bring up a really, really good point because there is still this gross need for qualified strength coaches, athletic performance coaches at the high school level. Mm. And, you know, In a lot of ways, a high school coach, I get it. Hey, so-and-so runs this offense, we're going to run this offense. Mm -hmm. So-and-so runs this defense. Well, so-and-so does this program. Well, dang it, if it's good enough for Clemson, well, we're going to do it here. Yancey does it at Texas. Well, that's what we're going to do here. But that's not where our athletes are. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's not where our athletes are. And and so your programs have to be layered. They have to be developmental. They have to be set up in a manner to meet them, like you said, to meet them where they are because if you don't – then yeah, they might survive the program, but again, you don't know what two, three, four years down the road looks like, and 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 have you have you burned a steak, so to speak? I'm mm-hmm. talking steak like meat, you know, because I like to eat and, and I relate everything to food. If you get on my Instagram and <laughs> social media on a Sunday or Saturday, there's a good chance to be a steak on there, you know. Uh, so, you know, you hear the term slow cook them. And that's something that I've adopted. I think I first heard that back back uh, in the early early two thousand tens. You know, with Cos and those guys at Baylor, they were talking about slow cook them, slow cook them, slow cook them. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't be in a hurry. You know, let that thing simmer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, which is tough because you know you've got that those outlier athletes that you want to turn it up. Hey, what what can you do?
0: Yeah. You know, and, hey coach, I want some more. What yeah. else can I do? And you're like, and, and, and so you have
1: to you have to think about. Am I doing something for my ego to feed my ego?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or am I doing this because this is what that athlete needs? Mm-hmm. And it's a constant give and take. It's a constant struggle. You know, uh, again, we just had our, our tree trunk Thursday. Sometimes we squat on Thursdays. We call it tree trunk Thursdays. And we had an athlete He's Coach, I want more. Okay. First rep was good. Second rep was, was wonky, mm-hmm. racked the weight. Coach, I can do another one. I don't care, racked the weight. Your technique broke, we're done. And so, you know, whereas if I was coaching for me, yeah, let's get another rep. You can do it, you know, toughen up, you know, yep, yep. fight through it. You know, well, <laughs> you know, uh, we were talking about Baylor and, and Jeremy Hefner and Melton and those guys. You know, just because you can d- doesn't mean you should.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jeremy uses that, the, the, the credit card analogy. And you can bend that credit card and you can bend it again. Maybe you've heard this. But at some Eventually. point that credit card is going to break. Yep. <laughs> That credit card's gonna break, you know, uh-huh. and 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 so again, the slower the temperature, the less likely we are to 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 break that athlete, you mm-hmm. know. So again, we have to we have to remind ourselves, especially in this day and age of social media, you know, hey, is this gonna get me likes, mm-hmm. or are we putting this up there because hey, this athlete did something tremendous, and we want to honor the athlete, or is this, you know, because because I want to boost my my following yeah you know (laughs) so and and, and again it's a constant struggle you know it really is you know because I want to be liked first sure. do you like me (laughs) (laughs) you know follow me (laughs) you know so so yeah you know and and again I'll I'll be the first to admit I'm not the perfect guy uh, Mm -hmm. in the weight room if you come in my weight room you're gonna see things that are really good and see things we need to work on Mm -hmm. you know but we're always striving to
0: kind of improve on it that. gotcha that's, that's awesome so can I grab my notes here yeah absolutely so tell us a little bit about why you love being a strength coach what what's like when you wake up in the morning and you're like oh, I could roll over and go back to bed or I could go in and hit some weights and coach some athletes like what's what's your why what gets you up? I think the coolest thing about my job is
1: getting to share my passion with other athletes.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I've learned so much from the weight room. There are so many different qualities and confidence being number one that you gain from the weight room, but but you learn work ethic, you learn discipline, you learn consistency. The other thing I like about the weight room is that it's black and white. I know when I get done with the session, did I get better or not. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case with athletics. You know, I in the football practice, well, did I get better? Uh, I mean, I, I make more talent, yeah, but I jumped off size twice. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I dropped this pass. And But you know, you know when you leave that training session, did I do more reps, did I lift more weight, did I jump more inches, mm-hmm. did my time go down so many tenths of a second. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing that consistently is, well, it breeds confidence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think being able to share that and watch those athletes' confidence go up is, is a big part of, of why I do it. I do it because I want to see kids and I want to help them do things they've never done. I mean, how cool is it when that kid lifts a weight that they didn't think they could do? Mm-hmm. How cool is it when they jump a height they didn't think they could jump?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How cool is it when they run a time they didn't think they could run? I had an athlete, a former athlete, text me the other day. He, he's he's in college. Coach, I ran this. It's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. They're excited about it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it, and 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 he's confident, you know. And, and so, being able to share my passion, being able to to help kids get more confident in their lives, in their training, in their sports, to me, is a big part of of why I do what I do, you know. um, Yeah, I would say, yeah, let let me check my notes over here. I I took (laughs) notes, by the way, because I want to make sure that... uh, Don't leave anything out. Yeah, that I hit everything, you know, and and, and then obviously, you know, performance is what we're after, but we're also trying to train the whole athlete. Hmm. You know, we're trying to to instill in them qualities that're gonna help them be better husbands, fathers, mothers, uh, wives, just better people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and I think you can do that a lot with the weight room and with the performance side of your athletic program. And so that's 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 a big a big deal for me. And and I think what we try to do here is is when these kids leave our program, yeah, they're bigger, faster, stronger, but they're better people. You know, so, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think (laughs) the weight room can be a very, very useful coach to teach you all about discipline, time management, um, dealing with, you know, physical, emotional, psychological struggle. And, uh, you know, stop right there because that's something,
1: you know, and I feel like I'm mentally unstable a lot of times. But what always brings me back. Grounded is the weight room, mm. and yeah, there was something on social media the weight room is not therapy, lifting is not therapy. Go see a, a specialist, and it is therapy. Mm-hmm. There are endorphins and chemicals released, dopamine released that makes you feel good, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, for sure, you know. And so, I think, absolutely, you know, that's that can be a huge part of somebody's. Uh, Daily routine is 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 to kind of get them centered back and 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 leveled so to speak, uh, in life and 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 I think you know exercise is is a great tool. I know we're saying the weight room, but we're talking you know running, you know anything physical, Mm -hmm. you know anything physical. Absolutely, man. You know it very much is therapy, and and I think
0: it's huge for sure. Like it's you want a healthy brain, you've got to you got to get the body moving. Yeah, there's somebody done, has done a study on it, I'm sure, I just, you know,
1: <laughs> again, it's, 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 it's completely <laughs> under the bar anecdotal. Yeah. I get done training, I feel
0: good. Well, yeah. that's all I need. I don't need some study that says, well, it releases x what dopamine. And, you know. mm-hmm. No, one of my clients a couple weeks ago showed me um, a study where individuals who were medicated for depression, if they walked, I think it was three times a week, for 45 minutes, they could get off their meds. Wow. Yeah, there you go.
1: I mean, what what else do you need? Yeah, just get up and move.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the lessons that you'll learn doing stuff that makes you really uncomfortable are only gonna help you down the road. So. Excuse me. Little rumble there, so chocolate Child chocolate note. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the differences between the way you train personally (laughs) <laughs> and how you train your athletes. Or is it is it all the same? Yeah, no,
1: no, it absolutely is not the same. And that's what our head coach will tell you. When when I went in and said, Hey, you know, you know, do I get to finally do this now? And he's like, Yeah, and I had to convince him, you know, hey, we're not gonna be powerlifting meatheads. You know, yes, that's my passion. It's who I identify as, it's the way I train, but that's not necessarily the best way to train athletes. Mm. Can we take elements from it? Sure. Like, our philosophy is very much rooted in in maximal strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a certain amount of requisite maximal strength to display uh, power, mm-hmm. to display endurance. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to run farther, get stronger.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: going to run faster, get stronger. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big part of, of what we do, but it, it's not the whole part. And so I guess the first part to that is how do I train? Well, I've been a conjugate quote-unquote Westside disciple since
2: 2003.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't train Westside. I don't people train Westside or, or with Lou in Columbus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I have been able to go there twice. I'm pretty proud of that, you know. Uh, it's a cool place. It's it's magical. <laughs> it's absolutely magical. And, uh, you know, so I, I've I've tried to adapt that training to my own training. Does it look exactly like that? No, it doesn't. I just wrapped up a training block where i don't do a ton of dynamic effort work i'm pretty explosive naturally
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so i've tried to err on the side of heavier straining because i still you know i'll be 40 uh, in june i need to learn how to strain mm-hmm. and uh you know so i have a max effort day. i have a dynamic effort day-ish but it's more an accessory day mm-hmm. you know um and you know for upper and lower you know so my training split right now is it used to be big bench Sunday. Those of you who follow me, I've since switched that to big squat Sunday. And and really, the only reason is so I can get training partners there.
2: Because
1: mm. if they all bench, they're going to show up on bench day. But also, hey, everybody's squatting today. Well, half of them don't show up. <laughs> so I trick you. You guys bench, and I'll squat. And uh, and then I've got spotters. Yeah. You know. So so that's Sunday. And then uh, and then I do a yeah, speed session, speed upper session on, on Tuesday. And then if you want to call it a, a dynamic effort lower, that's on Thursday. And then uh, it is kind of nice, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get that pump in on Friday, I'll do a big bench Friday. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my split, you know, and I've, I've gone with a three-day split, I've done a four-day split, um, but it's always kind of gone back to those conjugate roots. Uh, Five through one is a really, really uh, excellent program. You know, Jim, Jim Winler wrote that. Mm-hmm. He put me in the book, I'm still waiting for money from that gym. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I've, I've, that's kind of been my wheelhouse for, excuse me, for, I guess what it is, it's 2020, so almost 17 years. Wow. You know, I've been rooted in 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 the conjugate world. Mm. Now, with my athletes, I was fortunate when I interned in North Texas with Frank, he introduced me to Joe Ken and the tier system, and that, to me, makes the most sense for training, not just high school athletes, but any athletes. Athletics is a whole body activity. Mm -hmm. It's not an upper activity. It's not a lower activity. It's not a light or heavy. I mean, it it encompasses all aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And so your training better be set up in that way to give your athletes the best shot for success. So, Mm -hmm. So we train. We've done a four day split we've actually on a four day split right now um, with our heavier guys just because we need a little more strength you know but primarily we live in that three day split template you know where um, Monday or Tuesday will be our total day. I do it a little bit different than Joe we we squat on Fridays that we call big squat Friday with the upper body in the middle typically on a Wednesday or Thursday and we do that for a couple of different reasons number one, I like to have some separation between my total and lower days Mm -hmm. we're still going to have a squat variation on that total day so if if we go on monday i want to have ample time to 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 hit it again on friday Mm -hmm. you know and that comes again from my conjugate background where you want 72 hours in between Mm -hmm. you know so we we try to do that with our guys and so monday typically or tuesday is a total body day Mm -hmm. thursday wednesday is our upper body day and of course we squat heavy on friday and also and, and, and I'm using a, a, a football analogy here, but but in the off season, we want to keep Fridays uh, relevant. We want to keep Fridays as our game day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so to speak. So it's not, hey, we're doing upper body on Friday to coast into the weekend, like my training is. It's hey, no, it's get yeah. after it. You know, Fridays are important. You know, let's <sighs> win Friday yep. to keep that uh,
0: intensity in, in the off season. So mm-hmm. uh, that competitive mental focus for that day. You yeah. don't want that to be a like a relaxing off day.
1: Exactly. And and again, we do that because when it cranks up in August and September, we play on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that makes sense. Yeah. Rather than, you know, house does it on, you know, big squat Wednesday. And I think he said in a book or a podcast where, uh, you know, that was like the most productive day of the week. And so we do it, they do it on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but for us, you know, it just fits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another thing is, does that mean that I'm right? He's wrong or he's wrong and I'm right. No, it's a different, Mm-hmm. And you know, as coaches, as as professionals, there' so many people want to say I'm right, you're wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just different, you know. None of us are in the same situation. None of us have identical experiences or athletes, and so our
0: things better look different. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, there's too many variables for for there to be you know this cookie cutter approach. Exactly, but then again, you got to be educated, and and you got to have those
1: tools. If all you got's a hammer, then all you're going to have is a hammer. Mm-hmm. When you need a screw, that I mean, you know, it may not be what you need. Mm-hmm. And so, having a diversified toolbox, you know, whether it's Olympic lifting, powerlifting, kettlebells, body weight, you know, whatever it is, you know, try to diversify yourself. As much as possible, again, everybody thinks, you know, I'm this meathead. and meathead. In a lot of ways, I am, mm-hmm. but you don't see that in my training. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll go in and you'll see a kettlebell. You'll go in you'll see a goblet squat. Mm-hmm. You'll go in, uh, you know, we do Olympic lifts, mm-hmm. you know. And the second part of that is if you're going to do those things, then you better be trained in them,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: You better go and get uh, as much knowledge as you can about those movements to give your athletes the best chance for success and not set them up to get injured. You know, so, yeah, so my training and my athlete's training couldn't, you might see similar movements at certain times,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that's really where that ends. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's well, you know, because Jed's are oh, well, they're going to be, you know, powerlifting to me, Jed. Oh, no, they're not, Jed. I'm, you know, I'm not an athlete. <laughs> you know, I'm a powerlifter, So, that's how I train. Mm-hmm. But these are athletes, you know. They're going to train in an athletic manner. And and for me, tier system uh, has really checked those boxes for me. And, and, and again, I'm uh, grateful that I learned that uh, from Frank. Frank got to intern in their house for a while. And, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest thing, I, you know, I learned in North Texas was, you know, how to organize training and how to set it up for an athletic model,
0: not bench quad left model. Mm-hmm. You know, so.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what's. How are we doing, Tom? Uh, you need to be done at 145 or about one. Day. Yeah, we're good. We ain't even through half of this shit. <laughs> hey, right. we, can, we, we, can
1: we can might take an interim. Okay. we we'll let do them that. roll, and then you might have to edit this out. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let me yeah. come back in. This yeah. is good stuff. It, it's fun, right? <laughs> yeah. You just yeah.
2: tell me when we
0: need, this to, is good stuff. need to take a break? We'll take a break at 145. All right, cool. Yeah. So um, what is the most thing or what are you most passionate about teaching your athletes I like to teach them the why behind it
1: you know because that to me links that connection to what am I trying to say I guess it it's a bridge from sport to weight room or field or whatever it is you know hey why are we doing this
2: mm-hmm.
1: and being able to explain that to them hey we're doing this because on the field you're doing this and then watching that light bulb go off and go oh yeah it makes sense mm-hmm. again because you know I have to fight that that persona constantly of we're just trying to get big and strong we're trying to get big and strong you know we're trying to look like you know you're not no you're not, mm-hmm. no, you're not. Mm-hmm. and so for me when I can when I can, when I can give them that why, when I when I can when I can make that light bulb go off in their head, this is why we're, we're stopping on the box, or this is why we do jumps, or this is why we're throwing. That that to me is 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 really really fun, you know, and having them make those connections, and then it just gives them, you know, more buy in, and, and it makes them work a little bit harder because now they they understand. Uh, you know, hey, we're doing this because it's gonna help me jump higher. Mm-hmm. It's gonna help me, uh, you know, make that tackle better or, mm-hmm. or, or uh, have more stamina. You know, late in the game. Uh, that's that's really really big. You know,
0: I think sh- being able to show an athlete like, here's here's the cause and effect. Right. Like, when you can translate that, you know, that scenario for them. Like, hey, when you're when you're at this point in the game and this is happening do you want to be able to do this yes okay well then here's here's where this fits in and it's like okay perfect i want to be able to make that play so so
1: i better do xyz exactly to give me the biggest chance yep. and then of course going back to you know instilling confidence in them and just watching them again hit that pr i get i get excited um, I get emotional
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know because that's our job as a coach. Uh, I think the Latin word I don't know what it means, but it's something like to walk beside
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's what we're trying to do uh, uh as as a coach is is to walk with our athletes and again take them from one level to the next you mm-hmm. know if they don't leave here a bigger stronger faster, better person then, then I feel like we missed the boat
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and watching those developments happen in real time to me is 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 again, uh, it, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really fun, and and it's always fun when those guys come back and girls come back and want to train. Hey, can we train? Absolutely. You know, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I mean, I, I, that's really really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. When when they've not only seen the difference that the training makes, but you know, they trust you enough to come back and get more training from you. Like that's yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. really rewarding. That, that that's the biggest compliment.
1: And again, yeah. You know, or, or having these guys come back from college and say, "Man, coach, you know, it's not like it's not like it was here." Yeah. You know, I said, number one, number one, I said, "I told you so." Yeah. You know, <laughs> but number two, I'm like, yeah, you know, but but you know, sometimes you can't see the forest <laughs> for the trees. That's true. You know, because they're in it, and and you know, you don't know what you got till till so you're in a different till you're in a different situation. And so, yeah. it's just cool to have those affirmations come back from time to time, for sure. And that makes That's it fun oh yeah you know it makes it fun but the biggest thing, watching those watching those guys and girls you know do things whether it's whether it's a girl hitting a 95 pound clean for the first time or or a boy cleaning 315 you know mm-hmm. I mean it's the same because they've never done it yeah you know and then 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 that just creates another level in their confidence the next time you know next time hey it's 115 next time it's you know 320 or whatever it is you know yeah. it just gives them more confidence you know I've got two daughters I can't wait to get them. To get them training because I know the positive effects it's going to have,
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: going to have on them. The thing I like yeah. about powerlifting so much is that it's just you. Mm-hmm. You're walking on a skin tight singlet for everybody to see, you know, yep. good or bad. Yep. And you're out there, and, and you know, you can't help but be confident from that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're doing something a lot of people don't want to do or afraid to do. Yep. You know, maybe they want to, but they're afraid. Oh, what are they going to think about me? Well, you know, get out and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then watch how your life changed changes from that because, you know, confidence, I think, gives you, uh, can open a lot of doors for you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know,
0: I think it'll open a lot of doors, so. For sure. That's so true. Like, getting out of your comfort zone, doing doing stuff that other people aren't willing to do, like, um, that reminds me, so my, my parents were missionaries, so when I grew, when I was growing up, we were traveling quite a bit here uh, in the U.S., yeah. you know, building financial support, and then we went to the Philippines. Then, wow. And then, you know, coming back to the U.S., um, college was in my hometown, but grad school was, you know, in Waco. So oh, I I, I had to move to a whole new city, didn't know anybody. And when you're putting yourself in, in positions where you're uncomfortable and, um, and the actions that, that you take and the things that you do have profound, you know, impacts. Oh, absolutely. Like... That can be. That's. It's really healthy. It's good yeah, to do that. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. And when you're able to, not only do that personally, but be an example to, to your athletes, and when they see someone, um, someone else doing that, and they see, how that affects, you know, your life, and they're like, oh, okay, so I can, I should be brave because you know, Coach Barkman's doing this.
1: And, and, that, and that's another good point you know, I feel like as a as a strength coach as a athletic performance coach I think you gotta compete in something
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not saying you gotta go out and be you know the world's strongest power lifter or strong man that's not what I'm saying but I think if your athletes know that you're training number one they gotta train you know, but number two I think gotta compete mm-hmm. competition adds value to your training if you're, not, if you're not training to compete you're just working out Mm. And, and you know, I think we should, if we're if we're trying to, to instill this quality in our athletes, and we should be doing it too. Mm. And whether and again, it doesn't have to be even strength related. You know, it, 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 compete in something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, compete in something. And uh, I just I just think it goes a long way with buy-in. I think it goes a long way with with uh, getting those kids on board with what you're doing because they know that you have a goal. They know that 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 you're living that in your life,
0: and and that, hey, it makes it easier for them to come on. I agree. So you gotta you gotta set goals, and and uh, my good friend and mentor Ambrose Coleman he says you gotta risk it for the biscuit, which means you gotta set lofty goals. Yeah, I like that because I like biscuits, <laughs> a little gravy on that. Yeah. I like yeah. biscuits. Setting easy goals like it's sometimes you got to set a goal that's way way past your your comfort zone and just you know what see how close you can get absolutely so and and be willing to fail because you'll you'll probably surprise yourself with with how well you do it when you're setting lofty goals so um that's a great point yeah so to sum all of that up what what's your take-home message for for anybody watching and listening um how can we all be better athletes? I
1: think the cop-out answer is to get stronger. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but just I, I think it's true. I, I, I think getting stronger goes a long ways in life. Mm-hmm. Coach Ray Ellsworth at Texas A&M, she says strength fixes a lot, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I believe that. I believe that and 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 does it have to always be physical strength? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. It can be emotional strength. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are different kinds of strength out there, but but I think anytime you can make that steel just a little bit harder, that it's gonna serve you well across all aspects of life, not just in the weight room or not just on the field or not running or, or whatever, but just just in general. You know, we're all gonna have things happen in our lives that we're gonna have to overcome. We're all gonna have adversity. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think developing a, a stronger resolve and developing a, a strength based mentality that's going to allow you to push through some things, you know, during those dark times, during those uncomfortable times that maybe uh, someone who doesn't have that background isn't going to be able to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those deals. Where, yeah, it's a cop out answer, but I, I think it really, you know, get get stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, get stronger. Whether it's uh, you know whether it's more push-ups, whether it's pull-ups, you know whether it's you know thousand-pound squat, you know get stronger, and, and I think your life's gonna change for the better. I really do.
2: Mm.
0: That uh, that just made me think of another conversation that uh, I had with uh, Ambrose Coleman one time, and uh, we were kind of throwing around this question: Are we strength coaches, or are we strengths coaches? Are we building strength in multiple aspects of athleticism, but also emotionally and also academically and also like are we strong in every aspect of of life um and are we instilling strengths into our athletes so I think that's that's one of those things that uh you know we can we can kind of get pigeonholed sometimes into into our profession absolutely
1: you know that's that's one of those again I feel like I have to fight a lot of stereotypes sometimes because of the way I look and what I do mm-hmm. and who I am. But but you're right, the whole – I mean, we, we could probably sit here and come up with eight different better names for what we do than strength and conditioning coach, you know, mm-hmm. because it, it does encompass so much more than lifting and running, you know, or, or, or maxes and, and, and PRs, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, there is so much more to what we do than, than the weight room. You know, and the great ones are able to balance all of those uh, almost simultaneously, you know, because sometimes we are that father, sometimes we are that mother, sometimes we are that, we're that hammer that they need to hear some tough love, you know. Sometimes, you know, we have to give a little, uh, you know, life advice about, hey, you know, hey, I want to do this. Well, what do you think, well, you know, what do you think? You know? Mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we're the counselor, you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes we just gotta listen. yeah. You know, hey, I just need you know, because our kids are going through you know who knows what these days. I mean, we got a lot of broken kids mm-hmm. and uh, come from broken families. And, and the one constant that we have is that is is that room is that field. You know, uh, barbell weighs forty five no matter where you go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the Henry Rollins quote, Henry Rollins quote, two hundred pounds is always two hundred pounds. You know that that might be the only consistent thing in our life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. You know we 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 do wear uh we wear a bunch of hats and like I said the great ones do it well and uh it's not just it's not just uh uh, bars
0: and plates you know there's so much more that goes into it so much more
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah one one of my clients when I was working uh, corporate fitness one time uh said hey I don't really care what we do training wise um just I, I don't really have any training goals just uh you're cheaper than a therapist, so just, go. just listen. There you go, and,
2: and that's uh, so true,
0: <laughs> and that's so
1: true. You know, we are. You know, it's kind of like that hairstylist. You know, where they, yep. you go and you sit in the chair. Of course, I don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. You know, and 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 I would say, you know, if you do like to train, if if, if well, you should train, but you should train with a group. You know, don't 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 train alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, training. Uh, you know, I want to bring as many people on this journey as I can,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, uh, it's not to be done alone or in a void or with your headphones on or, or, or in front of a camera, you know, training is just as much a social, uh, a so a, a social event as it is, uh, the a, a, a exercise event, you know, I think you gotta have, uh, you know, great training partners and, and, and you know. I was listening to, again, going back to Lou. I was listening to Lou yesterday. I tweeted about about you know uh, the first thing a man needs is that, uh, a great power rack. The second part of that is the second thing
0: a man needs is great training partners. And I think you know. Yeah, that that quote that you posted. Uh, what was it? Um, show me your lift. Show me your training partners, and I'll I'll show you what kind of lifter you are. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Huge. It's huge, you know,
1: and that's the things we try to instill in, in our athletes. It's not, yeah, I'm the coach, and, yeah, we have a coaching staff, and that's our title coach, but but there's only 10 or 12 or one of us. Mm-hmm. There are 50 or 60 athletes. Mm-hmm. There are 50 or 60 coaches in here who can coach. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing we, we try to do, and that's what I tried to do when I was at VMI, is to make our, our lifters independent, you know. Some coaches want their athletes to depend on them. I don't want them to depend on me. I want them to go anywhere – Perform any lifts. Mm-hmm. We're talking powerlifting here, but I want them to be able to go to a meet and do it themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't need me to go. Hey, coach, can you grab my knees? Or hey, coach, can you do this? No, become independent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that I think that's I think that's huge. I think that's a huge quality that that we have to develop in our athletes is that sense of in, independence because we're not going to be there. You know, we can't be there to hold their hand, and yeah, it makes us feel good when they need us. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach, can you do this? You know, and again, the thing I get asked hey, coach, can you spot me? Can you spot me? There's 30 other guys in here. Pick somebody else.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not always going to be there. It's not because I don't want to. Yeah, I'd love to go spot everybody. But, again, there's only one of me, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know. uh, The biggest thing that I want my athletes to leave here with is is I want them to be able to walk in any other coach's weight room and be proficient,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, because they're not all going to train like me, Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. Right. But they should at least be able to have that foundational knowledge
2: mm-hmm.
1: of movements that they can go in and pick that up you know pretty fast and be adaptable to whatever training environment they get put into,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: yeah, that's the biggest thing is is to give them a sense of independence, you know mm-hmm. so uh, what were we talking
0: about uh, I don't know where we're just okay jumping all over. it's evolving yeah we are it is evolving, which is good. It's kind of like our template. <laughs> It's evolving. That's a right. whole other conversation. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's probably a good place to take a little break, and then we'll jump back out. in with a couple more questions. awesome, ready break. Sweet. All righty. So we're back. We're so back. We just finished up a session with was it football players?
1: Yeah. So we just finished up our our freshman. Our we call it our developmental group. Our freshman athletic period with about 50, uh, 50 freshman football players. Yeah and uh it's pretty awesome just to kind of give a rundown of that it was our lower day Uh, again tree trunk thursday tomorrow's a half day for us so you know we got to get our squatting in and uh today our uh our lower movement was was front squat uh we front squat to a box and uh, we do that for a lot of different reasons but the biggest one being consistent depth Mm -hmm. you know as you know if to an athlete to squat they're gonna squat as high as high as I can and so you know we, we want to have we want to have great technique you know through a great range of motion uh so I did that we uh, paired that with herd mobility and push-ups and then uh, we did a uh called our rdl complex where we went through uh lifting the bar off the ground called liftoffs and then we went through our uh our power position progression where it was three different positions one uh just above the knee or i'm sorry high and then above the knee and then below the knee Mm -hmm. again just teaching teaching those movement patterns in a safe way that's progressive and broken down Mm -hmm. and systematic you know uh, we don't olympic lift our freshmen i like them to get strong with the the deadlift and specifically the trap bar Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the front squat And, and i do that for a lot of reasons but but uh the biggest two being if you can start correctly and you can finish correctly, meaning start pulling off the ground, mm-hmm. lift off, strap right down, lift. Mm-hmm. Finishing correctly, meaning catch a low front squat. The jump or the middle part tends to take care of itself, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I am USA Weightlifting certified, so that, you know I know this isn't their necessarily top-down approach, mm-hmm. but it's what works for me in that I mesh a little bit of powerlifting because I still want to load them. I think we can load them. And I like the trap bar for that. I think it gives them a better position.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's safer, in my opinion. It's, it's easier for them to pick up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with the front squat, you know. And uh, they, they're doing this after going through our extensive Block Zero program, which which we run through uh, football season. You know, so during end season, they do all Block Zero. And then we start them. We come back with our, our uh, trap bar. Than our front squat with the lower body and for us it works you know again uh it may not be for for anybody else but but uh but for us it works you mm-hmm. know it worked really well we were able to get we've now got a trap bar for every platform so so again there's no sharing yep. per se you, you know, don't have to wait for exactly, somebody else and- exactly so mm-hmm. um again that's just one example of how you would marry your equipment up with kind of your philosophy
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know no. so uh
0: that's what we did, it took us about 30 minutes and uh, we were done, we were out of there. Yeah, so a couple things I noticed um, that I really liked was the like the timing system that you have set up.
1: Yeah, so uh, we use a program called Rack Performance. We've been using Rack for about three or four years now. And really what it does is it allows me to coach. It allows me to- It frees work, you up. It frees me up to work the rhythm. I'm not blowing yes. a whistle. I don't like whistles. Mm-hmm. But again, it takes eyes off of a timer and a clock. You know, I got to go next. It allows me to coach multiple athletes mm-hmm. across the room. And uh, you know, as you as you noticed, we had two different groups going, doing different things. Mm-hmm. One group would be front squatting. One group will be doing the complex. Two different timers. And then, oh by the way, we also had our baseball team in there getting yeah. their uh, big squat Thursday in. Mm-hmm as well. So we ran three groups
0: in there pretty efficiently in about thirty minutes time. Yep. Everybody uh, everybody was managed to the point where they knew where they needed to be and what they were doing and what groups they were in. And um you know one of the one of the most important things in the weight room is you're you've got to manage all these different variables. You know, you're managing the clock, you're managing the program, you're managing the athletes, you're managing Uh, the weights and the equipment and or like this morning when the chocolate milk comes in and you got to manage that (laughs) delivery too you know yeah so so the more you can you can free yourself up to just coach I think you know the more effective you can be as a coach if you've got to, like you said watch the clock and make sure that like you know everybody's doing this and you got to manage this over here and this over here and and you're you're also kind of delegating within those groups like hey you know, you you need to be watching out for the other guys in your group. And, and, you know, before you started everything, you gave out, you know, three or four specific cues. So everybody not only know, knows what they need to do, but then they also know how to coach, you know, their teammates. So I thought that was really, uh, is another way to manage things globally so that you could focus specifically on, you know, when, when an athlete was, you know not in an ideal position whether their feet were kind of turned out or whatever the case may be you could kind of holler over there you could walk up and say hey make sure we're doing this and this and this and then you know when i first started you know i wanted to rattle off 10 20 different cues and like then you end up with paralysis by analysis because they're like but you know sticking with the with the big stones or with the important things absolutely then that frees you up to walk around the room and you know you can target uh things a little more specifically that way so i I really like that
1: yeah that's you know cueing is is obviously a hot topic and that's something that i've tried to be better at because i'm the same way around you know shoulders back you know knees out knuckles down chest up you know Mm -hmm. and then by the time you miss a rep you know yeah and so you try to keep your cues to two or three words you know ideally if you could just say one word you know toes Mm -hmm. they know boom fix your toes knuckles Mm -hmm. knuckles down you know Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that to me is better. And then obviously, you know, try to fix when they're in, you know, you want to give them kind of a, a roadmap prior to, but then once they're in it, you know, try to fix one thing at, at one time. I don't mm-hmm. know if I did a very good job of that today or not, but, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, try to, try to pick that one thing. Hey, fix it on this set. Mm-hmm. Next set, maybe try to fix something else, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not chest up, butt back, knees out, you know, eight different things. They're, you know, They yeah. just look at you like, you know, yeah, because they are freshmen; they're different animals. <laughs> For sure, they're different animals altogether. But with with any level of athlete, you know, the the more simplistic you can make it, the more success I think they're going to have. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think sometimes we jargon things up, or we 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 complicate things to make ourselves feel like we're a little more important or special than what we really are you know yeah Yeah. so simple cues Mm -hmm. and to the point i I think go a long way uh, with all athletes you know
0: yeah the other thing i really appreciated was um the emphasis wasn't on how much weight the emphasis was on task competency first and then task completion like do it well and then then get your reps in
1: yeah, and that's the other big thing, and I tell our guys all the time, you're not going to impress me with how much you lift.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I've been around some of the strongest guys uh, out there, and, and so my my view of strength is skewed, number mm-hmm. one. So, number two, you're, you know, 300-pound bench or, or 500-pound squad. Yeah, it's impressive. It's good. But, you know, no one in there is going to impress me. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, it takes the pressure off of them, like, you know, because I remember when I was their age, I went, hey, coach, watch this. Yep you know, trying to hit those two plays for the first time, or three plays or whatever, you know, whatever it is, and, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, we definitely have a movement first philosophy, which, again, I'll never forget. I, I, I did a uh, my first clinic talk was at Baylor, and we talked about our middle school program. I, I was at the middle school at that time, and, and one of their coaches on staff, uh, I won't name who it is, uh, but they came up to me and was like, wow, coach, you know, I thought it was going to be a bunch of, hey, look how strong this kid is and that kid is, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of body weight movements, you know, kettlebell movements, and, uh, and that made me feel good, mm-hmm. you know, because, because again, you know, we all tend to judge a book by its cover, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you think somebody like myself coming from my background, you know, wants to hang their hat on strength, and, and, and I don't know if you noticed, but our record boards aren't even up right now.
0: Yeah, you I know.
1: Walking past that, I was like, oh, there's
0: no numbers up there. You yeah, know, like, they're, 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 there's no numbers. And yeah.
1: and we're getting – I'm not going to say we don't test because I feel like having benchmarks is important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's not where we hang our hat, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You heard me say that they're not rolling bars and weights on a basketball court, a football court, you know, on, on Friday night. You know, yep. they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day they have to be great movers they have to be great athletes yeah it's a piece of it but that's not the only piece mm-hmm. you know and and it wasn't always like that here you know there was a time where where we hung our hat on how strong we were mm-hmm. but uh but those are some of our our worst performing seasons you know because again we're not going to powerlifting meets right if we were then heck yeah you know we're going to be we're going to be okay but mm-hmm. but it's football it's baseball it's basketball it's track you know yep. Those are athletic movements. And so, you know, being able to make that bridge, you talk about making that connection between the field and the weight room, you know, that's that's huge, you know, because there are going to be kids like myself who are really, really strong and couldn't play a leg. And then there's going to be kids who, who can't, you know, lift the barbell but are tremendous athletes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And, and so you got to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, improving their ability to perform whatever sport it is they're playing. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah, you know, uh, we're not hung up on numbers. We, we are going to have a couple benchmarks, but, but um, I think those type of numbers can be a crutch sometimes mm-hmm. because you're unsure with how you're programming and you're unsure with the effectiveness of your program. Mm-hmm. And so you have to test to satisfy that need as a coach okay we are getting stronger i can look at a kid and watch their movement pattern and watch the way they move a weight, and very quickly determine hey he moved that better than last week yep or that yeah, didn't look very good mm-hmm. you know like our, our freshman thunder group you know they're they're struggling right now off the floor mm-hmm. and so one of the other things uh, that i learned from frank you know a little saying or whatever is you know don't load dysfunction
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know Allow them to work through it, yep. you know, with a safe, manageable load. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to ingrain bad movement patterns. Yep. You know, but so many people. Hey, it's the end of the season. Whatever season it is, football, whatever. Oh, gotta test them. Gotta test them. Gotta tell them why. Why? Number one, it should be a time of regeneration and recovery.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. And uh, number two, they're not ready for it. They're not ready for it. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's That was a, a mindset that I had to change when I got here. You know, hey, season's over. We're not going to test. You know, we're going to go back to some block zero foundation, foundational movements, give them a chance to recover from a, you know, a season that started in June with mm-hmm. summer training, yep. you know, and it's hopefully December. So you've got six months of playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, give them a chance to recover, re- regenerate, and uh, re-energize, you know. And then – you know, after that two or three week period, now we can get after it. Mm-hmm. But again, don't burn the steak. You know, they want to come out the gate, turn that heat all the way up. You're going to burn it. Yep, you're going to, resist, you know, you're going to burn it. So slow cook them. Slow but, cook. but you have to have confidence in your coaching ability mm-hmm. and and your training style to be able to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think you know that's where having somebody who's competent in your weight room, somebody who's
0: qualified, who's certified, who that's what they do. Goes a long way, for sure. So, that kind of that's a perfect segue into uh, the question I was going to ask next, which is um, because you have to manage all of these things, because you have these specific unique responsibilities. Where does the role of of continuing education and in certification, where does that fit in? I I, I think it's vital. You know, th- that was the first
1: thing that I did, even before I got hired as a strength coach. Was I took back when USAW had two certifications, a club mm-hmm. coach and sports performance. I took both of those on my own. Nobody paid for that; it was on me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I took the USA level one and level two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, USA, I'm sorry, USA track and field level one and level two. Mm-hmm. Then I took my CSCS. So I had, and not this, and and don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. That you have to be certified to be a great coach. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what I am saying is that those certifications legitimize your knowledge base and they give you a foundation for the programming you're doing, the advice that you're given. Because there are going to be situations where you're going to be challenged
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and there are going to be situations where if someone's going to question, well, hey, why are you doing X, Y, Z? Well, then you can go back to well because I learned it under this this program, this certification course, mm-hmm. and not all certifications are the same. That's where you have, and I'm not going to tell you which one's better than the other, but you have to make that decision
2: mm-hmm.
1: based on your philosophy and your beliefs. But I will say, if you're doing Olympic lifts, you better get Olympic lifting certified.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and 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 the other more practical reason being, you can hurt a kid for life in that room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No one's going to get injured taking a math test. Yeah. You know, and so we require our teachers to be certified. But yet when they're in a situation to where physical harm can be done to them, we just let whatever coach design and implement and run that, that program, it doesn't make sense to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's why I think that, that it's crucial, it's vital And and that's really kind of become my platform as a professional is to be a resource, to be a a sounding board for coaches who maybe don't have somebody as qualified. You know, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to, to, to learn and to educate yourself as a sport coach if you're the guy in the weight room or girl in the weight room. Um, you know, here in North Texas, we have coaches' roundtables mm-hmm. that started off in the summer by Jeremy Weeks, and then uh, since he's he's uh, moved on, we've kind of kept that legacy going and evolved that into, now we do winter roundtables.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a chance for anybody, it's driven by strength conditioning, but we want any sport coach, anybody who works with high school athletes to come to that to learn so that they are better equipped and in, in the weight room, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it just goes back to, um, having somebody with a prerequisite knowledge base, programming and designing, uh, training for our kids to keep them safe, you Mm -hmm. know, because at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's somebody's son or daughter. And again, if, if you're not qualified, whether you mean to or not, you could be doing some really serious,
0: uh, damage to their bodies for sure yeah it's it's so tempting to to call equipment in the weight room toys right? like like I'm I'm guilty of that but like you said uh there there is inherent risk there is danger uh being weak is also extremely dangerous right so we, weak things break yes we have a saying around yeah it comes
1: from Lou you know we weak, weak things break you know and it goes back that fits in well with our with our philosophy of, of improving, you know, maximal strength and, mm-hmm. and and doing that safely, progressively and systematically,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but yeah, you know, being weak is bad. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not good. <laughs> it's hard to be and athletic it, if you're it, weak. It, tell me about it. It's hard to be yeah, athletic when you're strong too sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, and that's why I think as a coach, if you're working with athletes, you have to train. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that you have to be able to perform every movement your athletes doing. I don't think you have to run the program that you do before they do it. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that goes back to in- insecurities in your competency. Mm-hmm. If I have to test run a program before my athletes do it, then maybe I shouldn't have programmed that in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. You don't necessarily have to. And I don't think you know. You don't have to be able to do all that, but you do need to understand how how it flows together. You do need to understand, hey, after heavy squats, a heavy good morning or a heavy pull may not may not be the best for our guys, mm-hmm. you know. Or you got to understand that if we go outside and do our sprint mechanics first, and sprinting, that I'm probably not gonna do some heavy stuff under a barbell because I may not I may not get the desired effect on one. Yeah. You know. So you've got to have some common sense about about how how to how to, how to piece the puzzles together mm-hmm. and I think that comes from training but also I think it comes from having having again a um, a certain competency academically I guess you would say from a from a uh, pedagogical background <laughs> that's Coach Hollywood everybody that's all right hey me. For mm. I know you. <laughs> you, you never know who's gonna pop in Whatever. A cameo. Them, look at me. Look at Hollywood. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, he's a good dude. Really good dude. Um, so yeah. So you know, certification is important, mm-hmm. and I think it goes a long way to legitimize what we do. When you have a, a a process to to I guess earn the right to do the job. Yeah. You know, because so many people are, are armchair strength coaches, just like mm-hmm. their are armchair. Sport coaches, well, hey, you know, well, I like to work out, so I can do that. And, and uh, unfortunately, that that's how that gets role gets delegated a lot of times. Is the coach on the staff who likes to work, or the, the biggest, strongest coach, okay? Well, hey, you're yep. the strength coach. Well, this is what I did back in college, or this is how I train now. Yeah. And so they think that that's what their athletes need, when in fact it could be the opposite or they're completely different. And mm-hmm. so that's why I think you have to have some type of educational background. To, uh, to make sure that, that you're providing your athletes the safest, most effective experience possible. Because mm-hmm. heaven forbid, you know, something happens in your weight room under your watch, it, and then you have to justify why you did what you did. Yep. You know, and there are all those cases out there, unfortunately, where uh, it hadn't ended well. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, I think it, it, it's vital. It's
0: vital that you have that background for sure. Yeah, there there's got to be a barrier to entry, and because you don't want just anybody doing it. Yeah. So the the risks are there, and and a lot of times they're a lot higher than we sometimes think or assume they are. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Having that that barrier to entry, I think certification is a is a good, you know, it's a good minimum. For sure, and I
1: think that's a good way to put it. It's it, it, it's a baseline.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it, it's it's a baseline knowledge base. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the greatest strength coach in the world, right? No more than being a certified teacher means you're going to be teacher of the year. Cool,
2: yeah. But it
1: does give you again that minimum barrier mm-hmm. to uh, to be able to do it. Mm-hmm.
2: No,
0: I I think you're exactly right there. Um, the The differences at that point are going to be. How much time you spend you know on your own continuing to learn other things and you know picking other coaches brains and interacting with with other professionals <clears throat> uh, other strength coaches you know people kind of who are also in the realm of sport performance but may not necessarily be the strength coach uh, or or serve in that role you know people like um exercise scientists who are you know who are kind of in the trenches of the research area um physical therapists athletic trainers um you know uh, there's a whole lot of different uh, bubbles that overlap when it comes to athletic performance and 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 that's the thing you know and you bring up another good point is that you can't be the expert
1: in everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and and that's what I tell new coaches or coaches looking to get in this profession Is find one thing and be really, really good at it. Make that your niche. Mm -hmm. For me, obviously, it's maximal strength development. For somebody else, it might be speed development. It might be movement. But then you better have this network of coaches around you, where you can draw and pick from and say, "Hey, what do you do here? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, how do you handle this? What does this look like? You know, because you've got to have all those parts." In your program mm-hmm. and um, and you can't know everything right you know uh, again another quote by joe kins says he says you know he starts everything off by saying i know what i know and i know what i don't know and so you better know what you know you know and then know what you don't know and you better have a resource you know to uh to call on you know when you have questions about that you know and again we're very fortunate here in north texas that we've got a tremendous uh, base of, of high school strength conditioning coaches, who are very giving and open, and and that's another thing I love about this profession is I can pick up the phone and call somebody, who may be one of our opponents, and say, hey, you know, what, you know, how do you how do you address this, or, or what do you what does this look like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and and they're an open book, you know, because at the end of the day, we want to do what's best for the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, having that network and. and and having those resources, um, I think are vital. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody Mm -hmm. uh, because they just might pick up, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it's like, okay, you know, uh, good good coaches want to share. Mm -hmm. Good coaches want to share. And at the end of the day, none of this stuff is new. You know, we think that we're inventing this new system or we think that we're inventing these new movements and they've been around for, 50 to 100 years before us you know <laughs> and, and and so um everything's stolen that's what I tell people all the time you know none of this stuff is mine this stolen from somebody mm-hmm. you know and uh and, and like I said coaches want to share so don't be afraid to, to reach out
2: yeah
0: oh yeah a uh, a previous guest said that he likes to steal with his eyes there you go so he he sees what other coaches are doing he's like okay I think that can fit into my program here this is an obvious weakness in my programming, so I'm gonna take that, utilize that, make my my program stronger. But that's the thing. If if you don't ask, then or if you don't know what other coaches are doing, then you know you're you're gonna have gaps. So
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, what do they say? The, the the worst phrase is we've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. You know. And I, <laughs> I, I almost I almost do that to a fault. And a part of it I feel like I've got undiagnosed A D D. Mm. but I'm constantly trying to evolve and change and differentiate and have variety mm-hmm. because I feel like if I don't then I'm falling into what we did this way last year it mm-hmm. worked last year or it worked two months ago yeah and so like it's it's almost to a fault I have to be careful because every week <laughs> be completely different but I do think it's important to To be progressive, Mm -hmm. you know, and to not get set in, hey, this was a great training session, or hey, this was a great program. Boom, let's just press play again. You know, Mm -hmm. there's always something you can tweak, always something you can
0: modify Mm
2: -hmm.
0: to uh, to make that better. For sure. So, not to put you on the spot, but
2: Mm.
0: what are you learning right now?
1: Learning right RPR. RPR is on my mind. And uh, I was fortunate two weeks ago to go to the, the track football consortium that was in Dallas, and I highly recommend that. It's a plug for, for Tony Haller, uh, but also for Chris Corfist. Chris mm-hmm. is a big part of RPR with JL, and uh, that's on my mind right now mm-hmm. and trying to, first of all, understand it and kind of wrap my mind around it, but then uh, be able to implement that holistically within our uh, within our program and so uh, I haven't taken the course yet but uh, I, I'm, I'm researching it and mm-hmm. I'm trying to again you know I'd like to have a good general knowledge you know to be able to know what questions to ask right before I just go into it cold and and, and then three weeks later man I should have asked this should I should have asked that so mm-hmm. so trying to build a base uh, <laughs> you know with that and uh and yeah, and, and again, figure not only for my own training, you know, but also for my athletes to figure out how we can how we can take advantage of because I think there's something there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm just not sure. I'm not yeah. sure what yet. Right. So uh, that's that, that's that's probably uh, the biggest thing from a training standpoint right now. is RPR, uh, we're starting track season, so speed developments, so, you know, on the forefront
2: mm-hmm.
1: of my mind too. So um, Brian Kudla. Who trained Christian McCaffrey? Uh, he spoke at that at, at that uh, conference, and so uh, the underground, uh, what is underground running secrets? And I can't remember who wrote it, but anyway, that's another book uh, with regards to speed development that, that that I've been diving into and trying to steal from. Nice. So, and then on top of that, uh, the five dysfunctions of a team. Mm. Yeah, uh, that one, that was like three days. Um, what did I, I wrote it down, where are they at. Uh, where's the question, where's the question, where's the question? Oh, yeah, uh, five dysfunction of a team, death by meeting. Mm. That's another big one, which really, you know, okay, so death by meeting, I'm thinking that, that they want to do away with meetings, and, and they want to, that's not it at all, it's just how can you make your meetings more productive? Yeah. You know and then the third book that I've got I haven't read uh, yet is uh, how to be an ideal team team player mm. so that's that's coming so different books that aren't necessarily on training mm-hmm. but but can be very impactful
0: for sure uh, with you know within our within our group so yeah those are kind of the big things right now So there's a little bit of like coaching philosophy management type stuff and and, and interpersonal, relations and and interacting with with people like we're in the people business so you you've got to you've got to be social you've got to be able to interact effectively and yeah communicate well and absolutely somebody said a long time ago that you know customer service mm.
1: you know we're, yeah. we're, we're we're a customer service uh uh profession <laughs> and uh as much as we want to think that these athletes are ours and that you know they're our world uh that's just a small piece of, of their of their athletic experience you know and so uh, we have to remember that when' we're, when we're talking with sport coaches when we're talking with parents you know and you know doctors and teachers etc you know we're just a small cog even though we think that we're the biggest cog yep but um, so yeah so so trying to diversify my my uh, knowledge not just from a training standpoint but also from that interpersonal management
0: For sure. concept as well yeah. I I think, like, early on in my career, I didn't even think about any of that stuff. That was not even a priority. It was all just, I need to know more about Uh, the human body. Content, content, content. And then I think that's probably pretty similar for most people in the industry, is you kind of, you get enough of a knowledge base there that then you're like, okay, I I understand that. There's still a lot I don't know, but I, I at least understand enough to be effective at what I do now how else can I be effective and it's like oh yeah I'm I've got to communicate like I've got to get better at that and then uh, you know so there's all these other aspects that um yeah a, a lot of times now when I talk to coaches like about what they're learning sometimes it's oh it's I'm learning about you know I'm relearning the mechanics of the ankle or I'm learning this and it's like okay, that's really awesome. It, it tends to get really specific right but then it's also I'm learning how to you know think about things from a from a business perspective or from from this angle so that I can be more effective as a leader or more effective as a you know as a team member. so I think right. I think that's super beneficial to um, to not get so locked into like tunnel vision where it's like, okay, it's just human physiology. It's just, you know. Well, cause you can have a great, you can be a great biomechanist.
1: You can be a great physiologist, mm-hmm. but if you can't have a conversation with, with, with Johnny on the street or, 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 you know, Sally bringing Junior in, yeah, then you're not going to have a business. or if I can't relate to my athletes, Mm -hmm. simply, hey, this is why we're doing this, or better yet, a sport coach who says, hey, why are you back squatting and not front squatting, or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, why do you do Olympic lifts? I need to be able to tell them why I do this because of X, Y, Z, and here's how it benefits your athletes.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I still don't don't agree with you. And then you got to be able to come back and say, okay, well, excuse me, how do you problem solve through that and still be able to get what you want but also – Satisfy their request because, again, at the end of the day, if you can't work with that sport coach, they're going to say, "Well, hey, I, I, I don't want this guy, or girl. You know, I'll figure it out on my own." Yep. And that's not obviously uh, beneficial for either party because you know you're going to be the the subject matter expert, and you want to work with those athletes. Yep. But if you can't if you can't <laughs> communicate with that coach, then then uh, then both of you lose. Yep. Yeah. The, the kids especially yeah like, and that's 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 so bad yeah, and that's who ultimately loses uh, in that situation is those athletes and again you know I'm in it for the kids mm-hmm. I mean, I think most coaches are in it for the kids and so yeah sometimes we got to check our ego a little bit and even though it may not be mm-hmm. exactly what we want to do or how we want to do it at the end of the day you know we're serving that 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 uh that coach and so we've got to find a way to make it work Yep, and if you are competent, you do have a lot of tools. You can do a lot of smoke and mirrors and still get what you want.
0: Yes, there's there's you know, always another because way. because you know more than they do. Yes, there's always <laughs> another way to get the job done. Exactly,
1: you know, and that's where you got to have a big tool belt. Yes. That's where you, you know you've got to have, you
0: know, more than just one way to do it. Yep, that's for sure. That's so true. So, someone out there wants to follow you or contact you. What's the best way to do that? I'm on my phone way too much. My wife uh,
1: lets me know that daily. Uh, so, uh, Twitter at Monty Sparkman, Instagram at Monty Sparkman. Um, those are the best ways to probably get a hold of me. And then, and, and uh, you know, uh, I've got no problem giving my cell phone out, and uh, you know, we can text or, or text and I mean, I text way too much. You know, but that's the easiest. That's the easiest way to uh, to communicate a lot of times. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an open book. Again, everything's stolen. Nothing I have is, is top secret or revolutionary. I wish it was. But, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty basic and simple uh, in how we do things. And, and, and I'm pretty simplistic in my own way uh, just because I haven't had – okay, this is another tangent. <laughs> Number one, I think everybody should be a middle school coach. Mm. They should coach middle school athletics. you got to figure out how to – how to how to how to not only organize your sport with eighty athletes and one coach, but also organize a a, a training experience with one coach and eighty athletes who are a huge gamut of abilities. Yep. You know, some of them can't walk and chew gum, and some yep. of them are you know yeah the differences uh, in physical development at that age are, can be huge or unreal. And so yeah. I think everybody needs to to uh, to coach middle school. Mm. Yeah, if you can coach middle school, you can coach anything. You can coach anything. <laughs> you can coach anything. And, and you know, we have it wrong here in America. We put our new, our, our our least experienced coaches with the wrong athletes. Yeah, we need our most experienced coaches to be with our developmental athletes. Mm-hmm. Anybody can go coach Michael Jordan. Anybody can coach Sam Bolt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we need qualified men and women at that level. Really, giving our 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 young kids. Um, you know, the best chance for success mm-hmm. so um where was I going with that oh uh you lost me how about that uh, we talking about how to get a hold of me right yeah and then okay. and then I went on about coaching <laughs> um but yeah you know sh- uh, shoot me a dm shoot me a message or whatever on twitter uh, Instagram, Twitters tend to be more professional. Instagram's kind of my own lifting, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, again, if I can be a resource or if I can help, you know, you as as a coach, um, number one, I will. But I'm probably going to learn more from you than you are from me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just because uh, you know I'm always looking to to try to get better and 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 to try to to um, to improve, yeah. you know. And, and I don't have all the answers and.
0: If I can learn, then then I'm all for it. That's that's uh, one of the things that uh, a guy that I I really appreciate. His name's Jordan Peterson. He's a clinical psychologist. But mm-hmm. He says go into every conversation assuming that the other person has something to teach you. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, absolutely. If if you go into it like like I I know everything I need to know, and you know this is this isn't a conversation. This is an interview or something like that. If you do it that way, then Things tend to, to fall apart pretty quickly, and, right? But yeah, so I I love that. Like, and and I'm guilty of of not not doing that sometimes, but uh, um, it's a good reminder. Oh, to, absolutely! You know, absolutely. every conversation you have, um, yeah, you can always learn something too. So no that's no good question. stuff, man. No question. So, um, let's round it out. What's something? that anybody watching or listening needs to hear a piece of advice a quote Um, how would you how would you close this out i think we got to
1: close it with how we started that's (laughs) get stronger yeah you know uh (laughs) you know strength strength fixes a lot and uh you know each one of us has a has a unique story each one of us uh is going through something you know, mm-hmm. and can benefit from from more strength. And uh, it might sound cliche, and it might, you know, but but I really believe that that um, that we all can benefit from from getting just a little bit stronger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, don't be afraid to fail. Take that first step. Um, and just a couple quotes that come to mind. One from Frederick Douglass, and it goes back to my middle school days, and I love it. Is it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men.
2: Mm.
1: And I think that's true in this day and age when again our, our, our children need powerful, influential, strong, not just physically strong but but emotionally strong adults in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the high school level, you know I feel like we can have a, a huge and tremendous impact in these young people's lives and uh but we we gotta give them a fighting chance Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. comes with giving them a strong foundation in work ethic in discipline in consistency and I I think they all can benefit from that And, and and so you know we have to we have to be there for them and uh and so, again, just setting them up for success um, is it, crucial.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the second quote I read in a uh, Dave Tate book, uh, Under the Bar, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and that was uh, from Socrates. Is that how you say his name? Socrates? His name's from Bill and Ted. Socrates. <laughs> you know? Uh, and that's, uh, you know, it goes to the the effect of let him who would move the world first move himself, mm. and uh, and I think that's you know it, 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 it's hard to give advice, it's hard to make an impact when things aren't right in our lives, and so we have to do a lot of self maintenance, we have to do a lot of self upkeep, we have to do a lot of a lot of um, clean in our lives before we can be that pillar for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because if we're fractured and we're trying to support somebody else who's fractured, mm. then we're both going to fall. Yep. And so, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in trying to, as best as we can, you know, uh, address the, the, the and fight the demons in my life so that I can be supportive and, uh, and be a pillar for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, 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 again, I think it starts with us. You know, we have to, we have to take care of us. And I think it's even more important. Um, in this day and age when everybody wants to grind and everyone wants to be beast mode and everybody wants to uh, to brag about how much they're not taking care of their bodies because they're only going to sleep, you know, for four hours and they're waking up at three and they're waking up at, uh, you know, four in the morning and grinding until midnight or whatever. Like, look at me. No, I mean, you know, you're going to break. Yep. You're going to break. And then, you you know, you're not going to to be nearly as effective uh, as you would be if you would just you know take care take care of your body mm-hmm. take care of you mm-hmm. and uh, it's not about how much work it's about how smart the work you how smart you are doing the work mm-hmm. you know uh, I, t- I tell people all the time you, you know I, I don't want to outwork you I want to outsmart you
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know be work smarter not harder yep and uh, and, and and not just um, you know with programming and stuff but in my own life. And uh, I'm not perfect, again, you know, that's these are things that, 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 are, that are daily uh, battles, but, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, I, I have to take care of me so I can be there as a coach, as a father, as a husband, and as a coworker. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, if we do that, then I think we're gonna be more able to help the ones who need help.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I think lastly, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, again in this day and age of me, 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 I, I, I look at me, social media, me, me, me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to to make that phone call because again, the person just might pick up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and uh, I, you know, we all are in the spot that we're in because somebody else. Poured into us. Mm -hmm. Somebody else took a chance on us. You know, and uh, somebody else helped us out. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 so uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, don't be afraid to ask for. You know, whether it's programming, whether it's you know things going at home, whether it's uh, you know whatever it is. You know, have somebody you can call. You know, have somebody in your in your network that will listen to you gripe and, gripe and gripe and gripe and gripe and then say, hey, bro, I love you. And, uh, you know, because I just, uh, that, that, that's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. You know, um, we're not in this alone. And, and in this profession where it can, it you know, choose people up and spits people out all the time. You know, and so uh, we have to be able to withstand that. And again, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we can't, we can't do that alone. So for sure. So don't be afraid to reach out.
0: I don't think I have anything to add to all that. <laughs> that, that pretty much uh, covers everything. Yeah. So thank you so much for allowing me to to come and have this conversation with you. I, I really appreciate it. I've learned a lot. Um, I know everybody watching and listening really enjoyed it, or will enjoy it. So if not, just hit delete. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Yeah, just keep swiping. Uh, yeah. and move on to. The but, hey, thing. be sure to
1: like it, share it. That's right.
0: Thumbs up it. Yes. You know, do all of that. Uh. Hit the subscribe button. Yes, I always forget to say that, yeah. so Hit you. the subscribe button. Want to put a link up here? Okay? I don't, so. I'm not that technical. I don't know how to do
1: that. There's a subscribe button. There so. you go. Yeah, be, be sure to subscribe to my man Kevin. He, he came out, and uh, again, you know, I'm always humbled whenever somebody else wants to hear me ramble about, about uh, you know, strength and, and, and life and and. And just things going on with me so again i'm humbled and and i
0: uh, appreciate it for sure man this has been great so, so. all right well thanks so much for sure well, i'm sure we'll do it again in the future but, hey, Well, hey we gotta have around two for sure we'll we'll gotta have a sequel all right y'all thanks for watching and listening and stay tuned for next week's episode adios